1: Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. And our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com slash K Kersey.
2: Hey Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndyPolitics.org. It's the place where smart Hoosiers The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall.
0: Welcome to another edition of Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We're going to take a look back at a very busy week and weekend in Indiana state government. All sorts of things going on. Of course, the legislature in full swing and one of the hot-button topics right now is this proposed increase uh, in the tax on gasoline as well as an increase to uh, vehicle registrations. Plus tolling. And, uh, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking on this, both uh, I have individually and interviewing different guests uh, to talk about this issue. And the reason to do it is because it is really the defining issue of the 2017 legislative session. Now, there are other big topics going on, but this is the one that I believe will have the biggest lasting impact on Hoosiers. I mean, it will be indefinite. And if it is passed, at least in its current form, it will have a dramatic financial impact, especially on working class people. And uh, I believe that impact will be very, very negative. So here's sort of where we are with uh, the topic right now. It is House Bill 1002, and it did pass the Indiana House of Representatives uh, earlier uh, this spring with a vote of 61 to 36. And in that bill, it includes $0.10 per gallon tax on gasoline, uh, also a one, that's immediate, uh, also a one penny per year tax increase on gasoline every year indefinitely, $15 uh, per vehicle registration fee increase, $150 if that's an electric vehicle, and unlimited tolling provided to the governor without legislative oversight. And, uh, that bill did pass the Indiana House of Representatives, and it has now made its way over to the Senate and, uh, last Tuesday, the Transportation Committee heard testimony on House Bill 1002, and they will now take it up. They sort of become the line of defense against this. If they were to veto it or make changes, the bill would have to go back to the House of Representatives. I had a chance to talk with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt uh, on our Capital Happenings broadcast, which you can hear every uh, Saturday morning, 8.30 a.m., right here on 98.9 WYRZ, about uh, the Transportation Committee hearing uh, of which he is a member. Here's what he had to say. Take us through how this thing all sort of sets up mm-hmm. and how the process works. Well, the House bill, I believe
3: it's 1002, uh, comes past the House of Representatives, and uh, we have a Transportation Committee, Transportation and Veterans, and we have a, a uh, Tax Committee, and we believe in the Senate that both committees should hear the testimony, and uh, and so we had that hearing on Tuesday and um it went on for a long time um (laughs) you you earned your money which (laughs) which is good it was it's good you know we all have a lot of things to do but this is a very very important topic that we're talking about billions of dollars and uh it uh i'm told that the testimony was almost identical to what it was in the house uh, but it gives people another opportunity to voice their displeasure or pleasure at um at the bill and and we had people coming in from um, their homes. There are people that came in and testified. There were people that were from the Chamber of Commerce and lots of different entities such as that. And um, uh, Chairman uh, Brent Hirschman of the Tax Committee uh, and, and Chairman Mike Kreider uh, from the Transportation Committee uh, guided a very good, very calm, very um, professional um hearing.
0: Talking a little bit about the roads funding bill and the various uh, gas taxes taxes period associated with it with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt, House Bill 1002, now over in the Senate, being debated there, asked Senator Merritt how the bill was presented to them. Here's what he had to say. Um Representative Soliday
3: uh presented the bill and then um and then um uh Senator Kreider spoke on it as well and then we heard from the public, and, and we wanted as much time as possible. And the hearing, because of the uh, enormous amount of uh, members that are on the committee, was heard in the Senate. So uh, many people could be in the gallery, many people could be in the Senate chamber itself. Everybody was welcome to come in and sit in the in the chamber uh, uh, chairs and, and desk, if you will. And um, uh, a lot of facts and figures, a lot of, um, uh, there as you remember as you recall there was a um, sub, summer study committee on it called right. first uh, we went over that I went over that report uh, there was a lot of information that was given to me that is on the desk and uh, and and we'll when we will fish through that and, and scan and read as much as we can so it was it was Rhodes 101 really
0: speaking with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt about that hearing last tuesday on house bill 1002 the roads funding bill which also includes a bevy of taxes on automobiles and transportation had a chance to ask senator Merritt what sort of things he listens to and looks for in these hearings and here's what he had to say
3: one of your um, acquaintances (laughs) asked me why don't you shrink more out of uh, state government why 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 uh why immediately go to tax increases and things like that and i am listening to NDOT, and i'm listening to our um our budgeteers and 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 uh and the people that deal with the financial part of state government to make sure that we are the most efficient that we can and and ringing everything out
0: that was indiana state senator jim merritt talking about house bill 1002 now in front of the indiana senate would a uh, uh, Provide a massive tax increase on gasoline as well as uh, increase on vehicle user fees, also a tax, and uh, provide unlimited tolling to the governor, also a tax. And of course, don't forget you can hear Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt every Saturday morning, 8:30 a.m. capital happenings right here on 98.9 WYRZ. Now, look, you know, every year there is some sort of issue that triggers immense response it seems like from the public from in regards to the indiana legislature and the last several years that they have seemingly been some sort of social issue it was uh the marriage amendment and then uh, rfra or just freedom restoration act and uh you know i really thought this year that this would be the issue and it's an interesting this whole gas tax bill the whole response to it and there have been some people that have come and they have testified and done so quite passionately but for the most part it has been you know radio silence not only from the public but from the media on this topic and it's fascinating to me because these uh, social issues that seemingly affect a much smaller amount of the population drum up so much passion and so much energy, and people coming to the state house. And I remember when the marriage amendment thing was on the uh, was on the table. All these people in red, and you know, all this stuff. Um, it's fascinating to me that a bill like this that will have an impact pretty much on every single Hoosier. Because even if you don't drive, you're paying for someone to drive. You know, even if you don't leave your house, somebody has to drive things to you. It's going to increase. The cost of goods and services. And yet, we have seen not near the passion we have on these other sidebar issues that affect a very small amount of the population. And uh, if people don't get it together pretty quick, uh, we're probably going to see a big tax increase of some sort. Don't know that it's necessarily going to be the House bill, but uh, train pretty much leaving the station. So if you have not contacted your state senator at this point to weigh in on that bill, you still have some time, but not much. And, um, uh, uh, everybody's going to pay. Everybody's going to pay long term. And look, it's not, it's not the wealthy that are going to suffer because of this. And I think that's part of. We talked about this before. I think that's part of the disconnect that uh, legislators in Indiana have somewhat with the people they serve. Look, if you're in the House or Senate, you have a part-time job, which is what this is. It's a four-month-a-year job where they make sixty-five to seventy-five thousand dollars a year. I mean, think about that. The average person takes a part-time job; they're probably making twelve to Fifteen bucks an hour, working you know ten to twenty hours a week to keep the lights on. These guys are making on their second job sixty-five to seventy-five thousand dollars a year. So to them, you know, 200000 bucks a year, which is what this tax increase will likely be for the average person. No big deal. It's not, it's not a big deal at all. You know, you got to do that. You got to keep the roads up, right? But for the average person, that could be the difference between making a rent payment or keeping the lights on. Because look, the average person isn't going to see one hundred fifty uh, to two hundred dollars wage increase because of this, it's not tit for tat. So, um, you know, there's a lot of bad arguments going on, a lot of scare tactics right now. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. All we can do is tell you what's going on and whether or not you choose to take action is on you. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, well, politics, you know, it's the the carousel that never stops one election's over and we move right into the next and in 2018 there's going to be a big office up for grabs in indiana and well people are already lining up including a big local name we'll tell you about that next right here on uh, central indiana today
4: hi this is billy joe with three Dimensions salon inviting you to come see us at 729 north green street suite d in brownsburg At Three Dimensions, we believe life isn't about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. Three Dimensions has an awesome array of services, including designer cuts, highlights, and color blending. We are now taking appointments. Find out for yourself the difference we can make by calling 317-852-5577. Get more information about Three Dimensions Salon by liking our Facebook page.
5: This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 930. More information about our flavors and specialty sundays can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs.
6: This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at BrownsburgAcademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033.
7: This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 53. 89 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. Indiana Family Dentistry is located
0: at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852 852- 5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us, getting you up to date on some of the big issues going on in Indiana. Of course, it was a busy weekend. You know, the weekend never, never stops. People think a lot of times that the political world sort of comes to a crawl. The reporting on it may, but, uh, busy, busy things going on. And, uh, it's going to be a very busy week in the Indiana legislature. One article that came out over the weekend, and it was from our friends over at W I B C by Eric Berman, uh, was in regards to who is lining up to take on, potentially take on Indiana state Senator Joe Donnelly. Of course, Joe Donnelly, friend of the show, regular guest here. We like the Senator. Um, and of course, Donnelly, elected in 2012, sort of came out of nowhere uh, when Richard Murdoch imploded. A lot of people, a lot of Democrats, passed on running for that seat because one, they thought that uh, Luger would win. Richard Luger, who was the Senator Republican Senator at the time, would win easily. And then uh, Luger, of course, lost to the primary, and then Murdoch imploded, and it was one of the great, um, great defeats in the history of Indiana politics, right up there with when. Uh, Dan Quayle beat Evan Bayh's dad, Birch by and, of course, Todd Young defeating Evan Bayh this past year. But uh, So Joe Donnelly sort of wasn't on anybody's radar, and it's interesting how in politics you can go from being a guy that sort of nobody knows about to a big-time player and not a lot of time. And now Donnelly, uh, you know, one of the big players, not just in Indiana politics, but really becoming a, a player nationally. And um, the article talking about the Republicans that are potentially lining up um, – To run against him, and of course already in the mix is former Dan Coates aide uh, Mark Hurt, and then there are a whole lot of big names rumored out there, including uh, Indiana Congressman Jim Banks, who was elected last year, Uh, Indiana Congressman Luke Messer. Uh, who was considered for a while, he's rumored uh, to be considered to be Donald Trump's education secretary, and uh, locally here, Todd Rikita. That's a a big name that's also out there uh, thinking about running. And what's interesting is that normally in politics, um, guys will play things very close to the vest. They will deny that... um, you know they're they're being encouraged to run or they think about running and then they just they sort of do it. But pretty much out here, you know, uh, Rakita and and Messer aren't denying that they're really giving it a lot of consideration. And this is very interesting for uh, several reasons. Number one, the Republican primary uh, last year was a big reminder in politics to be pretty sure you got a pretty good shot if you're going to run in a primary to win if you're a sitting office holder we saw that with congressman marlon stutzman and todd young stutzman was a congressman as was young and you know the congressman they've got pretty sweet gig out there you know 180 grand a year in pay benefits all that sort of stuff stutzman runs loses in the primary and all of a sudden you know you're you're out of a job so in this case it would sort of be a rematch uh, or at least a repeat of what we saw a couple uh, last year uh, with uh, Rakita and Messer, both sitting congressmen, who would have to battle it out uh, in, in, in the primary. Um, now, it's also interesting because unlike last year – now, keep in mind, last year, Evan Bayh didn't get into the race until very, very late. Uh, the Republicans thought that they were going to be running against Barron Hill – who was seen, seen as a pretty beatable foe. They knew Indiana was going to be a Republican state with the presidential map. So really, the people in the Republican primary were battling hard to be the senator. Whoever won that race thought they were going to, you know, coast to the coast to the election. Of course, by threw a wrench into it. He got in, and Young had to work a lot harder to win. But um, this is no guarantee I don't like that one. I mean, the, Joe Totley is a gorilla, man. I mean, he is a big-time player. He will raise a whole lot of money. And uh, will definitely be a force to be reckoned with. And I wanted to kind of throw this out because this the money in politics is staggering. And I don't know what the answer is. Um, but... This money here is staggering. Keep in mind, Donnelly wasn't up for re-election last year, and so he wasn't out there. And all the people are out there asking for money—Clinton and you know uh, Evan Bay and et cetera, et cetera. Donnelly wouldn't have been one of those guys people been going, "Hey, we've got to give to Joe Donnelly." So this is, you know, the pretty normal year for this guy. Uh, The article from WIBC reads: Donnelly into 2016 with 1.4 million dollars in his campaign treasury, but any of the congressmen. Uh, but any of the congressmen could transfer funds to their House campaign accounts if they run. Both Rakita and Messer have more than $1 million on hand, with Rakita just $73,000 behind Donnelly's total. Now, this right here, and, and again, you know, I have no problem with uh, money in politics. You know, that's free speech, and that's what the uh, nation is all about. And, you know, the Supreme Court has ruled that money is a form of of free speech, and that's Okay. But this is why the average person is disenfranchised with the American political system, and why the average person really doesn't want to get involved. I mean, let me read this back to you. Donnelly ended 2016 with $1.4 million in the campaign treasury, but any of the congressmen could transfer funds from their House campaign accounts if they run. Both Rikita and Messer have more than $1 million on hand, with Rikita just $73,000 behind Donnelly's total. So Donnelly starts with $1.4 million. That's what he starts with. That's out of the gate. Rikita and Messer both have more than $1 million, and no offense either one of these guys but they're sort of unknown congressmen right now i mean they're not big big time players they're not paul ryan the the speaker of the house um and these guys have a million bucks i mean how does the average person run for public office especially in a statewide race and compete uh with guys that start with a million dollars or more in in a campaign account it's it's very hard and you can't do it so uh for guys like Mark Hurt and, uh, you know, if Jim Banks does decide to get in, it'll be very interesting. Uh, I think it'll be a crowded field. I think we may see four or even five people in next year to run against Senator Joe Donnelly, and that'll be a fascinating uh, election. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, again, uh, you're listening to Central Indiana Today, kind of reviewing some of the news and happenings over the past week and weekend. And there was an article that came out on Friday about something going on with Muncie schools, and I thought it really uh, sort of hit home here with the schools in in Hendricks County and Central Indiana because some of the problems they're having and some of the issues they're facing have been and could be issues that we will face here. You're listening to Central Indiana today. Rob Kendall here speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring?
8: Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders.
0: You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall on the program, taking a look back at the big weekend of Indiana politics. You know, the, we sort of think the news stops, but it really doesn't. You just got to know where to uh, to look for that. And and uh, one of the places that I get my news is a uh, daily email from Abdul Hakeem Shabazz of IndyPolitics.org. He sends that out. Anybody can, uh, can ask for that. And it's just sort of a recap of uh, interesting articles, uh, political, put politics and government based articles across the uh, across the state. And so I like to look at those every morning and kind of get an idea of what's going on. And again, uh, that's from Abdul at uh, indie Politics and anybody can can ask for that. Um, all right, now this article comes from the starpress.com and I wanted to touch on this article because it touches on some of the issues that schools have faced here in Hendricks County and some of the issues that they may be facing here in Hendricks County in the future as well as throughout central Indiana. And it reads in part: "I'm going to skip around here a little bit. Uh, for decades, Muncie Community School leaders were slow to respond to population and student enrollment declines, and continued to open new facilities." A Ball State University memorandum on the school system's troubled assets uh, troubles asserts. In the latest memorandum from Ball State Center for Business and Economic Research, Director Michael Hicks says money isn't the problem with MCS, which is in turmoil over financial concerns. "Quote: Continued financial problems at MCS are not revenue issue." Hicks writes in the memorandum released late Thursday evening to the Star Press, on a per-student basis, MCS is one of the most highly funded school corporations in Indiana and by far the highest in East Central Indiana. Rather, the issue is one of failing to align facilities and staff costs to match the observed 50-year trend. And the article goes on. Now, I mentioned that this is an issue that can touch us here in Hendricks County, and it's sort of in reverse. It's not because of declining enrollment, but because of increased enrollment and we have seen in the past so it's sort of a reverse uh philosophy here but i still think the whole the the general premise uh, aligns in terms of not keeping up with trends and growth and things of that nature now look here in central indiana in hendricks county we have seen uh two school referendums over the past six years Fail. Uh, of course, the one in uh, in Avon in 2011, which was mainly uh, over teacher pay, and then the one in Brownsburg in 2015, which was about uh, was was about growth and, and renovating buildings and and building a new elementary school, and the one in Brownsburg was much closer than the one in Avon, but uh, but both of those failed for predominantly the same reason. People in Hendricks County, Avon and Brownsburg, pretty. They're not exactly similar, but you know, pretty close. We'd like to think Brownsburg and Avon are rivals, et cetera, et cetera. Has said, look, we put the tax caps in for a reason. It's a part of the Indiana Constitution, and we expect our school systems to abide by the Indiana Constitution. Look, of course, there are budget struggles. That was the purpose of the tax caps was that there were, but there were going to be budget struggles, and it's one of the things in Brownsburg when we fought this referendum that we talked about. With the school corporation and to the school corporate school corporations credit in brownsburg after the referendum failed they came back with a, a new attitude and a new vigor and they worked with the community and they solved the problem uh without a without a referendum because they listened to some folks here in the community but this is a trend where schools have got to be far more flexible far more adaptive than they used to whether it's in the case of ball state because of declining enrollment or in the case of a Brownsburg or Avon because of, you know, increased enrollment. And and we're seeing all of our schools are seeing increases in, in enrollment. You know, Tri-West with the Pittsburgh area growing is, is seeing it, and people moving out to Danville, and, and uh, you know, Plainfield, I think, has remained fairly steady, but the even growth out there, and, of course, Cascade as well. So all these schools are facing sort of the in-reverse challenge of Ball State. But the same premise is you've got to learn to revise and adapt. And look, it's interesting how... You hear this per pupil funding equation. And I've always thought that was a very interesting analogy because I remember during the referendum in Brownsburg, they were saying, well, look, you know, we're, we're underfunded uh, per student based on, on other schools. And they, you know, had a graph up and showed that. And it, it was true. But of course, the per pupil funding uh, it had nothing to do with the referendum, as we were trying to point out, because that money couldn't be used for, for building. Um, but that's either here or there but these schools school systems are getting hung up on the per pupil funding and they're sort of basing everything on the per pupil funding and you you just can't do that you just can't do that when you're dealing with the Indiana legislature because it's a total carnival show and it can change on a moment's notice and you never know what these guys are going to do and the way the Indiana legislature works pretty much on anything is one legislator can get a whim and put something forward and if he can manipulate it and get it through it can pass so we've seen this back and forth back and forth increases to urban increases to rural moving from urban to rural and rural to urban and back and forth you're never going to be able to plan your success or plan your budget based on a stabilized per student formula it's just not going to happen because the legislature is always going to play games with this to try to appease the people they've made mad in the previous Session. So whether it's Brownsburg or Avon or, in this case, Ball State, you've got to survive and adapt. You've got to do things on your own. You've got to be able to be creative because at the end of the day, there's only so much money. You know, there's only so much money. And when you see a community, and I know referendums have passed throughout the state, but when you see a community like an Avon or a Brownsburg, who are long, been huge supporters of education, huge, huge. You look at the involvement in the in the uh, you know the community foundations and things like that for these various groups. I mean, it's immense. Uh, they love athletics. They love the schools. People are totally behind um, Hendricks County schools. But they've also said, hey, you know, we got to keep the lights on and pay the bills. And there's only so much money. And schools, the challenge for school systems going forward is not to – whine and complain that, well, the Indiana legislature has adjusted the per-pupil formula and that's why we can't do it. The challenge for school systems is not to be a clunky di- robot or dinosaur that depends on the same thing you had the year before to do what you've done. You've got to be agile. Schools have got to start being run by bi- like, more like businesses. And I say that about public schools. I'm not talking about private or charter schools. I'm talking about public schools. Because if you're banking on the Indiana legislature to come up with something – uh something long-term if you're bringing the indiana legislature to come up with something that's not going to be changed if you're bringing in the indiana legislature to do something consistent you're you're barking up the uh, up the wrong tree. So ball state schools in big trouble because they sort of over spent for their population and local schools here in Hendricks county have got to keep up with trends as well and be creative and uh, and there you go. So I just thought it was an inter- interesting article that I thought should be touched on um, because while it is sort of the opposite thing going on here, I think sort of the same premise of, applies of you've got to be very creative and look forward because, again, there's only so much money in the pot, and every community out there is competing for businesses. They're competing for high-end homes, and one of the things, whether you like it or not, that people with money, and that's you know business owners and people who buy high-end homes look at, is... How much how much in taxes am I going to pay? And that's a big deal. And uh, that's something we talked about a lot in Brownsburg during our referendum uh, that failed. And that's something that will continue to be talked about across the state because there's a lot of really nice communities that have really low taxes here in uh, central Indiana. So. Uh, Anyway, there you go. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget if you missed any part of uh, any of our news stories or recaps of what's going on with the Indiana legislature and across the state of Indiana, you can check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Central Indiana today, and you can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet and go back and listen anytime you want. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening.
2: You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, an archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall.
1: Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. And our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group.
2: Doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit, indiepolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news.
4: Hi, this is Billy Joe with Three Dimensions Salon, inviting you to come see us at 729 North Green Street, Suite D in Brownsburg. At Three Dimensions, we believe life isn't about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. Three Dimensions has an awesome array of services, including designer cuts, highlights, and color blending. We are now taking appointments. Find out for yourself the difference we can make by calling 317 852 5577. Get more information about Three Dimensions Salon by liking our Facebook page.
5: This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday.
6: progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6:30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033.
7: This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 5389 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900.
8: You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org.
0: Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.